looks as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Moyen. Kia ora, good Norvind, and welcome to Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. On my piece of paper here, Scott Brown, I've got it, show number 106, but something's telling me that it's 108 today. It is 108, do you know what I'm I hope it's not that. I hope I don't have the notes from uh, from last week in front of me. Sweet, mate. You are with myself, Nathan Snade, my old mate over here, Scott Brown. It is Sunday the 25th of June, mate. The weather in Luxembourg, it is for all sports. I was down at the squash courts today. I know you've been outside uh, with your uh, with with your kids this morning. You're still, I tell you what, tanning that up, tan is the, looking mighty fine, my friend. Tanning up the calves, big man. Yeah. <laughs> As always, you can get involved in the show, 6215252000, and we'll... Uh, We'll do our best to uh, to get back to you. Um, Nathan, as always, we start off with sport and it's history in the world. No guest tonight, um, but we look forward to having Jeff Bauer on, who is coming in from the world of luge. Yeah, well, he's coming on on Wednesday, I believe, yeah, as well. Right. Do we also have... Um, there's another skier, I think. Yeah, Matthew Osh as I well think he might in. be coming on. Yep. I mean... No doubt. Well, it's as hot as it can be. It's got as hot as it can be. they're back in Luxembourg. Su- surprise, it's not any- surprise, surprise. It's been a good year for skiing, hasn't it? Because we had the young... Uh, the young girlie doing very well on the on on the slopes as well. Yeah, so absolutely. We, so we'll uh, hopefully we'd like to get her in before she goes into another season. Hopefully we can get that um, before she gets up into the mountains. Listen, um, sport and its history in the world today. You'll like a little bit of this, Scott. I've pulled out a few beauties for you. Today in 1957 was the second Rugby League World Cup final and it was New Zealand who beat Great Britain 29-2. Obviously the first Rugby World Cup was was, uh, three years earlier, which was in 1954, uh, where Great Britain beat France. It was actually the idea of the French to start the Rugby League World Cup. And I think his name is uh, Barrier. And and that is the name of the rugby um, that is the name of the rugby league World Cup as as well. It still continues to this day. Really, really interesting one. That I didn't. Uh, it was a a, a, a something learnt this morning when I was looking at um, sport and its history in the world today. Um, also on this, which we'll, I'm going to go into a little bit later after I've uh, called them all out, but that was uh, South Africa beat New Zealand 13-0 in the first rugby test of a series in Johannesburg in 1960, and that was um, and that was the one of the first tests that um, there was the the apartheid era. Oh yeah, that's yep. interesting. So the team had to be the, the team had to be all um, all white actually. The team, well, I'll. I'll Go into a little bit, um, a, a little bit more further down the line. 1968, Bobby Bonds. He had a grand slam in his first Major League Baseball game, playing for the San Francisco Giants. Okay, for those who don't know, a grand slam is when you, you, all your bases are loaded. I mean, that must be some hell of a feeling, right? So your bases loaded, and then you go and knock one out of the park. 
How many points for a home run? Just the one, is it? Well, no, it depends. Yes, for a home run, but that's what they talk about, the bases loaded. So obviously if you're on the... First, on the, second, on the, third on, plate. Yeah, so each time. So if you're if the bases are loaded, you would get four runs. So one, two, so, three, and him coming around four. four. So four runs would be worth. So yeah, well, wait, Bobby Bonds, first Grand Slam hit. Well done. And in, in your first Major League game. 2014 on this day, Luis Suarez is charged for biting at the 2014 FIFA World Cup. He had a bit of a history, doesn't didn't he? Then all the... What are all the um, Hilarious, con- controversies it? that he had? Biting. He's done it a couple of times. Well, like. he's had and then he like holds his teeth. He's like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> sounds when you bite well, someone. He was actually, he, he played for Stoke and he got, he got done for uh, diving. And Brendan Rodgers was his uh, manager at the time and they, they he gave him an absolute earful. It wasn't just once, it was a, a, a couple of times. It was some incredible, stupid dives. Um, in 2012, he was in, it was in the uh, World Cup playing against Portugal. Of course, he's from um, Uruguay. And he, um, he was faking head injuries twice in that match. He's had uh, two biting, in fact, three biting uh, incidents. One was against the the Italian uh, Cellini. Yeah, that's right. That um that was in the obviously in the international. Then there was a um the one that we know was uh, Inovich. Inovich yeah, Chelsea. 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 Yeah, yeah that's Chelsea. Right. But he'd actually had a seven match ban before that when he was playing for Ajax. He bit a, a PSV player. Like why don't they? Is it that's, fo- <laughs> that's football? They just why don't they just chuck the book at them, ban them for a ban, year or, or something? Ban, well, they, yeah. I mean, seven match ban. I mean, he's. he's well, I'm guessing he'd be, there'd be uh, player fees that'd be losing. <laughs> he was also accused of stamping on 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 players. And if you go back to his first original club, it was actually in uh, Groningen. Groningen, a big university. We've got a couple of um, uh, let's all squash players that was part of the squash family they got up to Groning, big university city just north of Amsterdam, in fact I think it's a couple of hours north of Amsterdam, but he had disciplinary uh, problems there, he struggled to fit into the first team or struggled to fit into the team and uh, when he when he did finally fit in, he was, he was getting the goals but he had one match where he got uh, three yellow uh, two yellow cards and then consequently the red card, so he had disciplinary, disciplinary issues right from the start of his career and then of course we can't forget about the ro- racial abuse with um, Patrice Evra playing for who was Did he only get a one match ban for that? For what? For the... Well, how long did he get banned for with the... Uh, for, with Groningen? Patrice Evra how I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I, I really don't know. But I remember there was no shaking hands. It was a. That's good. A, it's a good video on YouTube where they think and Rio Ferdinand doesn't shake his hand either afterwards as well. Yeah, f- fair um, enough. And I think he actually played against West Ham around that time. And Rio's brother Anton probably would have done. Yeah, did, well, well, obviously uh, followed suit. So. Luis Suarez, so in 2014 he was charged with biting, but of course, as I've just explained, there is a lot of um, misdemeanors. Um, Two thousand eight, eight game ban. Eight game ban for the and racial four, and, a, and a forty thousand pound fine. It clearly, it wasn't enough because he's you know he's no stranger to controversy. As I said, it is funny how how fickle it is, isn't it? Because if you start scoring goals again, it's all soon forgotten, yeah, isn't but it? That, you're quite right because boy, was he a good was he a hell of a good player. I think he went to when he was he was at Barcelona, and then it was the Dutchman uh, Ronald Koeman. I think he said, "Yeah, look, he's not not a cat's Allen chance. I want you playing." playing in my team and, really? that, and that's when he went off I think he went to Atletico Madrid after that yeah. if my memory serves me correctly 
Um, 2020, Liverpool Football Club, they clinched their first um, English Premier Soccer title in 30 years with seven games to spare. And that was as Chelsea beat um, second place Manchester City 2-1 in Stamford Bridge. Now, you might be thinking, well, why why on this day, on the 25th of June? But that would have been um, 2020. That's the year of COVID. So, remember, they put all those games... But they put all those games back, didn't they? It was in. Have you watched the what's the Man City documentary? Um, the one, the one that's just out now on. Yeah, is it out on Prime? I can't remember what it's called. Win at all costs or whatever it is, and it's it's quite interesting how. Oh no, the Spurs one. Sorry, it's the Spurs documentary, and they go behind, and then the way when, COVID literally bowls in, and that's it. Boom, everything's shut down. And what, sorry, did you say Spurs winning at all costs? Spurs ain't won nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you agreed with me. Yeah, that, that's for, that's for our friend Tony Nightingale. Well done. What's <laughs> it called? Stop, Stop nothing or something. I can't remember what the documentary is called. Sorry, go on. And what would the, and the documentary was? Well, just shows how, shows how COVID, COVID, and they're all talking about it, and then it's just got a next bit. It's a clip at the at the training ground. Nobody there. Nobody's in. It's just dead, isn't it? Absolutely. It's got. It's scary to think how COVID sort of all. Well, you know, it's behind us now. We don't really hear what's going on, but. How, how big, big an impact it had on everyone's lives, especially the sporting world, you know? Yeah, massively. I was in conversation with Eric Albert, who actually spoke very positively. Uh, his son was down at a... How did you uh, speak? When did you cross paths with him? Did you I cross paths a few times with him, but we'll come on to that later in the show because I've got a few questions I want to ask you about that because you did something fabulous for our community. You might be quite modest about it, but I think it was uh, a brilliant opportunity that yourself good, and, and good James... Good money earner, mate. Huh? Good money earner. Well, of course, <laughs> of course it is. It's your job, but obviously there's a little bit more than uh, more than that because some people are telling us how, how, how cheap it was to have the excellent and the coaches of yourself and uh, Mr James Kent um, helping these boys but we'll come into that later in the show I want to talk about the 1960 uh, when, uh, match where South Africa beat New Zealand on this day 13 um, 13 points to nil New Zealand big donut there um, because we actually studied that as this in school did you did you do the do the study about uh, the apartheid not, era? Not, not, that, isn't that really interesting how it's not touched on? Because it's obviously growing up in the UK, it's as oh, I don't want to sound horrible, but it's you know it wasn't it wasn't a big thing, man. Well, it's it was, not that it wasn't a big thing; it wasn't part of. I don't want to say it's not part of our history, but it's not what we're we're always taught about the bloody First and Second World War. Do you know what I mean? And it's and like, New Zealand's history is based on the 1980 tour of the Cavaliers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's always like, I've got it. How do you word this? Relevant? That's not the word. Relevant. I guess it's the things that are. Yeah, relevant, re- relevant to um to to your country, I guess, because it was big for New Zealand. And yeah, but it's also it's not that it's not relevant, but like you know those the the whole apartheid thing would have impacted, you know, the UK quite a lot because obviously you've got the tour even just looking at it from a sports point of view, all the touring sports teams that wouldn't tour and stuff like that, wasn't it? Well, I'll go through this slowly and I'll give a little bit of an explanation. But the 1960 New Zealand Rugby Tour of South Africa, it was a series, a, a rugby union series match played between New Zealand national rugby team, the All Blacks, in South Africa and at the time Rhodesia. Um, now it was a controversial I'm tour from Rhodesia. Rhodesia, yeah, very controversial tour because the South African authorities they imposed the exclusion of the Maori players from the team. Now this racist policy created much controversy in New Zealand, quite understandably. And of course, it has nothing to do with the name the All Blacks. The All Blacks is to do with the with the colour of their kit. But the Maori form up a, a big um, population of rugby players in in New Zealand. Naturally, in fact. We have, we still to this day, we have the New Zealand Māori rugby team. Yeah. 
Um, so the New Zealand Rugby Football Union then refused um, any other tour for the successive 10 years until the Māori and Samoan player population, uh, participation was accepted in 1970. So on that occasion, the South African authorities gave them the, t- the title of, you wouldn't believe it, the honorary, the, honor, the honorary Whites. But controversies remained actually until 1976. Now, all the African countries boycotted the Olympic Games in protest of the All Blacks tour of South Africa. So, as you say, the relevance, it, it, it did it 76 Olympic Games. I want to say Munich. Munich was 76. That's with the uh, Israeli terrorist thing, wasn't it? That's right. And you, you remember the other week when I met the, um, I was going to say the young man. He wasn't a young man. He played, a, he come come to Luxembourg to play the Masters, the Luxembourg Masters Squash Open. And he actually competed for Germany in volleyball. At the 1976, uh, oh, no way. Yeah, so uh, quite impressive. Anyway, moving back onto the, uh, the, the 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 rugby. In 1981, the Springboks tour was contested by a large part of New Zealand public opinion with riots and demonstrations. Listen, I would have been 1981. I would have been four years old, mate. Okay, and I still remember to this day the conversations as a kid, how heated it was. I would I would go aside to say that it was probably. The biggest, um, let's say, the the riot and demonstration New Zealand's ever had about rugby. Surprise, surprise! But it goes to t- show how 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 big it was. In 1985, public opinion convinced the New Zealand Rugby Union to cancel another tour to South Africa, um, only with the end of apartheid in 1992. Did the, the, the controversy end? But you, I mean, you like your documentaries, and movies. I'm sure you can find. Some of the stuff that we that we watched at school, I'm sure you could find it very, very, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's. I mean, there was um, planes flying over Athletic Park at the time in in, in Wellington. They were dropping um, what do you call it, like the flower bombs, or the. Uh, I think someone would, would drop uh, nails from the from the plane on over the pitch on. Oh, really? Yeah. To stop, you know, try and stop the players from from. Playing. Wow. So it's um. Pretty aggressive, pretty aggressive, pretty aggressive. Also, outside the political troubles, the results for the tour wasn't that great for the All Blacks, who lost the series with only a victory in the in a draw. In there, well, there were four four matches, um, and interestingly, the, the All Blacks' only victory was in Rhodesia, not in South Africa. There we go. That is my sport and the history in the world today. Some beauties in there, mate. Some, yeah, some some, some some goodies that I found <laughs> wasn't there. But I'm very curious to. I'm very curious to hear what you see because I want you to go and have a look at that, and I think you would be—I think it'd be right up your alley. You like those these doc, you like these documentaries and so, all sorts. So yeah, I think definitely, could be. definitely. Get it on the get on the list. Got to finish Yellowstone first. Are you you started that yet? No, Yellowstone. Oh, mate, but I know you've been you've been you've been having a go at me for yeah, a while. Start Yellowstone. Start Yellowstone. But perhaps yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get that with the, with the heat outside. Perhaps I. Um, um I know you've uh, you talked about a few. Obviously, this is our international sport, so so it's a few big things going around. The first one I would start with is your man Zarnell Hughes, and he has broken Linford Christie's British 100-metre record, which has stood for 30 years by clocking 9.83 in New York. The 27-year-old took 0.04 seconds off the previous mark of 9.87 by Christie, which uh, he set at the World Champions in 1993. Now, I'm just going to build on that, because earlier on in the week... There's a guy called Eugene Amo Dadzi, and he was 
classed as the world's fastest um, accountant and he ran sub 10 seconds. Now, he actually took up athletics very, athletics very, very late, but he um, and ended up running 9.93 in Austria last week, um, which, which up until this time made him the quickest runner in Europe this year by by a fair bit. Um, yeah, so he said, it's not bad for a full-time accountant with no sponsors or funding. If anyone knows anyone at Nike, Adidas, New Balance, Puma or Asics or anywhere, send them my way, he jokes. Um, I mean, he'd always been quick at school, but never ridiculously quick. I mean, his personal best prior to, he took a break from athletics and got back into it. His personal best had been 11.3. I mean, I'd be happy to run 111.3. We are, we are drug test pending though, aren't we? Yeah, I'll always, always. You gotta, you know, you're all. That's it. it this is the nature of the uh, nature of the beast these days, isn't it? You know, if uh, if if it's if it's genuine or or not. But yeah. just building on that, you were telling me something in the car earlier. We were discussing about how isn't there some rumor about some athletics? Uh, yeah, there is a little bit of a rumor about that. I'll just I'll just stay on this Amadou Daisy because he's now becomes the joint fourth fastest British male of all time. He's the fastest European time of the season so far, and it's the 13th, and he's the joint 13th fastest man in the world this year. Um, the only other Briton to to uh, get under 10, or be under 10 seconds, is Reese Prescott. So impressive, impressive, Some impressive. New, new generation. You're, you're quite interested. You're quite interested in this drugs and drugs Massive. and sport. Oh, uh, yeah, I, just I, building. I think the hundred meters is the ultimate event, mate. Who is the fastest? That's what's about, isn't it? It is about that. But in saying that, I don't know. I think that yeah, hundred meters is when you're on when you're on the line or when you're in the start. You know, in the start blocks, hundred meters is a decent go. But I still think I prefer the two hundred. Even better than that, I like the four by four. A four by four is good. But do you think the? I would probably go out on a limb and say that the um, is the hundred meters final, like at the Olympics. That's pro- is that the only time the stadium's ever absolute dead silence because everybody's watching it. <laughs> Blink you and you'll it, miss it. it. It's not wrong, is it? But it's just, yeah, it's, it, it must be a commentator's nightmare because it is only yeah, yeah nine and a half seconds. Yeah, like, well, what do you say? You just be like, well, hopefully Bolt gets out in front. Um, you know? I mean, if that was me commentator, it'd be like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. That's it, he's gone. That's it. <laughs> Story of your life. He's quick, he's quick, he's quick. Yeah, he's, he's really quick. fast. That's, and, then the, and then the race is over. That's why I kind of like the 400 or the 200 you can get, you know. And, I, I, and the reason I like the 200 is there's nothing quite like watching these guys, you know, like when, the, when they come around the corner. Running the tilt. Right, yeah. They run, yeah, they're running the tilt. And you can't, you still, despite them starting on the, uh, you know, because they're not all starting on the yeah. straight line, you, you kind of which one who's going to whip around that... Uh, the apex, the fastest, the bend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who, who runs? Who runs a good bend and stuff like that? Four hundred. There's a dirt event. Four hundred hurdles. That is dirt, mate. Four hundred hurdles, dirt, and that's four hundred hurdles or fifteen hundred meters. I think four hundred's harder. But there were, yeah. but, but mind you, we're not. Um, you know, if we ran it, we wouldn't be remotely close to that yeah, pace. Would no, you? But, but even if we did have to, if we have to run it now, surely yeah. that we we go through the same amount of pain as those athletes. I mean, they, yes, they're trained and they're faster, but we still go through that same amount of pain. Well, it's, but it's they do that. They one, do that all their time. Yeah, exactly. But it's that it's that whole training. I'd imagine. Now I don't know the ins and outs of training for something like that, but presumably, if you want to push up your fifteen hundred meter pace, you race after someone who's running an eight hundred meter pace, and you know that's gonna. That could be a question for anyone listening. Six two one five two five thousand. What would you like to? What would you? Pref- what would you least prefer to run? Yeah. What's the worst event in athletics to do? 
what is the worst event, like in terms of how much it hurts. Yeah. But you could say a marathon, but you could walk a marathon, couldn't you? If you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. But if you went hell for leather hell in an event, what's yeah, the what, worst what, one? Yeah. I don't think any other good I, ones. I'll tell you another one that I want to do. This comes on to the field. I wouldn't want to be one of those blokes doing the, um, to measuring, you know, like measuring the distance. Because, you know. Javelin and stuff. Oh, javelin, no. Shot put, no. I mean, they, you, you yeah, basically. They're not idiots, though, mate, are they? I know, I, know, I know they're not idiots, but still, you've got to make sure you're well, watching you every then, throw. You don't, want, you don't want to be down having a cuppa and. and no, but I say they're not idiots. There was one years ago where the javelin stabbed some bloke, didn't he? Because he, I don't know, ran in to measure it too quickly and. Got what, Mr. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I like to see but they actually <laughs> had to make, I believe that to make the javelins not as aerodynamic and slightly heavier because, yeah, because people were launched. You know, traditionally, you've got the athletics track and the javelin takes place in the middle, so you can start your run up on the actual athletics track, then run and launch it. But people were launching it over the whole bloody pitch, yeah, putting on, it into the fourth tier, on, onto the high <laughs> out the stand and landing through someone's feet, punt outside, wasn't it? <laughs> so they changed the, so they changed the weight of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. of the spear. Yeah, because people were launching it bloody bloody miles. Weren't have they? you have, have you ever launched one yourself? I've thrown a javelin. I wouldn't say, oh yeah, I've got hold of that one. Do you know what I mean? But I used to love it at school, just doing all. We used to like. I remember. I mean, it's something I use when I when I teach, but you you teach all the all the disciplines, and you basically have a, um, I guess like a a benchmark if you like. So bronze, silver, gold, for argument's sake, and bronze might be this this distance or this time. Silver might be this and this, and then gold was gold was normally something like yeah, this is what was that won the county championship last year, or and and they would tell you if you were good at something, they'd be like yeah, all right brown you're doing hurdles or whatever but you need to like if you want to run at english schools this year you need to clock about you need to take about nine seconds off your hurdles time do you know what i mean yeah but i remember seeing it was impressive we did did one year did a decathlon 10 events in one day all 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 properly marked and everything all the events that was that was hardcore but you get you get guys who are freaks like guys over going over like 180 190 you know, fifteen years old and stuff like that in the in the high jump. Wow! But they, and that they were they were oh yeah um, they they, they actually were, did athletics as opposed to a load of the the rugby boys who just got rounded up and dragged yeah. out of French to go and fill some spaces and stuff. And when you were when you were doing the hundred meters, two hundred meters, was it on grass or on track? Uh, normally on track. You used to, but oh, used to be yeah, funny. Yeah. But someone would have a set of spikes and you'd the spikes would do the rounds and stuff. Just yeah. borrow, yeah, lads. Make sure you're running spikes. You'll always run quicker. Mate, so we had a guy. I'm trying to. I can't remember his name. Redhead fella, and he had spikes. And boy, did he get mocked. We had to, we were running on grass. Yeah, a little bit of a tradition. But he, no, we, but he, we, but we he won. Didn't he? The, but he won. Yeah, he won. But we had another guy, Salty Kennedy, who a farmer, farmer boy. He was Salty was pretty <laughs> quick as well. He, but he'd go and bare feet. And that, the, yeah, it, it was it was just more comfortable to go and bare feet. I couldn't think of putting the spikes on. Like, Mate, you see those funny clips. We we should do that. It's like the funniest nicknames. Salty. Why was he salty? Why was oh, he he's, because he's a surfer. He was out from he's from out east, so he liked surfing a lot. And when he came in for after the weekend, you know, he, of course he was a he was a, uh, a farmer, of course. But um, he'd spent more time out on his board, and he still had all so he could still see salt in his dreadlocks when he turned up to school on Monday. Um, he, yeah, he was in the, he was in the boarding school, but he was yeah, Salty was Salty Kennedy. Is <laughs> I think he's farming now and doing a bit of surfing still. What are the what are the good nicknames? There's some brilliant. Um some brilliant ones I'll, I'll tag you in that video on the ACC but where people ring in about funny nicknames from work and stuff like that yeah there's a, there's a few you ever, radio stations you ever, watch, you ever watch that one uh, 
Um, I've shown you that one, the Rig Biz podcast. And it's the bloke who they did the, he did these YouTube videos, which was like a mockumentary. And they basically did behind the scenes of playing for his club in London. They were called the Clapham Falcons. Um, I'm not even sure if they're a real club, but they play in something like Southwest London Five. So it basically goes Premiership, Championship, Nat One, Nat Two, Nat Three, and then you got Regional One, Regional Two, Regional Three, Regional Four, Regional Five. Regional know. Five is is barely a pub team. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, the piss at brewery sort of yeah. thing. And he would do these things where he would talk about. Um, he'd start. He does this thing where he'd start telling this story, and then he'd be like, "Oh well, my mate, such and such." But it's all it's all it's all a big spoof. Like, but like but it's very story. yeah yeah. But he's a very he's obviously comes off as the posh toff, you know, that went to private school and all this sort of thing. And he he rides it, and he's like, anyway. So yeah, I work in London, big Q four, you know, high basic salary, you know, sort of just chats this sort of spiel. And one of the ones he does, he goes, you know, so if I start a conversation, oh yeah, it reminds me of my mate Pikey. And the first thing you'll say to me is, why is he called Pikey? And he goes, well, his mum and dad got divorced and he couldn't afford the fees to go to private school anymore, so we had to go to state school, so we call him Pikey. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> Jesus. Just, um, just uh, that sort of thing. There's another one where he's like, oh, yeah, my mate Badge. Why is he called Badge? Oh, short for Badger. Why is he called Badger? Oh, he's got a big birthmark here. Yeah. Just like, just, <laughs> just, just stuff like this. Just Well, there is, I think we've posted on our social media a few times, if you uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, have a have a listen. And it's um, I, th- I think it's of a radio show. I think it's the Rock, isn't it? Where they where they tell about the, the, the I think it's in Australia. They, t- they tell the nicknames. There's some absolute um, uh, beauty. The, the the one that I liked the most was um, the guy called Keith. You know, he's on a on a building site, and I said, well, "Why'd you call him Keith?" He said, "Because he had one eye missing." <laughs> so yeah, there's some there's some absolute beauties. Hey, listen, coming back to the um, the track wouldn't events. be like us to go off on a tangent. No, they're coming back onto the uh, not the track, the 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 field events. When you're teaching at your schools, are you teaching all the skills of how to hold the shot put? For Absolutely. Example, how to hold dirty uh, fingers, mate. Uh, dirty uh, fingers, dirty, clean dirty. palm, and then you get your grip and and you but you wedge it in your in yeah, your, inky neck, and, dirty neck, high elbow. Elbow, and then you give it the hee ho, and then yeah. and then do you judge your do the participants that you've got? Do you say okay, well this is a this is a bronze, silver, and gold distance? You say okay, well done. You, you yeah, you, you, still, t- you, you take you take you take you take you take notes. You record, and it's the case if they've got you know as athletics events coming up or Lazelle or something like that. Um, you know, you'll you'll be like, yeah, you can you do javelin, you can throw a javelin. And I went to that tournament, uh, the Cobus Games for St George's out in uh, in Rome actually, and so one day is like a sports day, it's pure athletics events. You just do all the events. One day is a football tournament, and then the other day is a swimming gala. So you have to be able to compete in two of the days. So it's like an all round sporting event. But the athletics was really. I, I love that sort of stuff because you get to not all the events are run at the same time so you can just sort of do the rounds you know and go and offer a bit of advice and stuff like this you know even even doing something like 800 we were doing uh, I had two lads running the 800 metres uh, and they were in it in the, that was I think it was the first heat so they were running it twice in the day and once later on in the day so running the heat and it's like I don't know anything about pacing and I just said do not do not sprint at the start of this let they all these clowns will fly out of the traps because it's the first one. And sure enough, we've got the two lads, they just sit in the back. And then when the last next lap comes, everyone's gassed, just absolutely crush it. And then, well, one of them made the final, one of them just missed out, but just little stuff like that. But then, even in the javelin, to throw a javelin standing, 
not that difficult, but to link it with the run-up, that's where it generally goes tits up. Do you know what I mean? To get that last stride yeah, or balance do, that last it's lunge. It's basically to do with your footwork. So when you're when you're obviously running up to launch it, you're very much shoulders, you know, a square and stuff like this. And then obviously you extend your arm back. But the mistake people will make is bend the arm. You have to keep that arm really back. And then you're, if you imagine as you come here, your, your hips are going to twist and you've got to cross over your feet. But you cross your feet over to get that last yeah there, but then you've got a rotation come to there, and then you get the rotation here, but then you've got to reverse that rotation and then launch the javelin. But you've also got you don't to want not to rotate step. too far, otherwise you're going to give your ear a well, bit you, of a clean you, out. Well, you? you do. You get some people who will whack themselves because what will happen is they'll get to here, and then what they try and do is bowl it. But the trouble is, if you're bowl if you're bowling from here, the back end of the javelin comes back and it will clip it's you right. in, clip you in the head, and you'll hear a big twang. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but at one, it's always impressive seeing something like you'll see people launch a discus or a shot. But seeing the discus launched, if someone gets older one and it goes, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's good. To and then what do you do? You give them a, you give them a tap on the shoulder, give them mum and dad a call. No, not at all. Just make a note, make a note, send an email. Yep, that's it. We'll be doing uh, he'll be doing discus. Yeah. Um, and then is there, a, is there a relationship between the school d- directly to the um, to the Federation Athletics no, or not you know there no. isn't you know there uh, isn't a uh, bit of a shame isn't it? I would say there is no I would be surprised if any any schools have a direct relationship with the athletics clubs because the way sport is out here it's all on the clubs and stuff like that but we've talked about it before mm. I would be, I would something we'll try and push next year it's like a massive sports day where the whole school comes out as you say get to see who can who can run the 100 metres yeah who's the quickest there oh, have you seen such and such you can launch the javelin you know go and watch these sort of things and then other schools you know compete against other schools in those events and stuff like that yeah you know it's almost like a precursor to going off to the I don't know what the is the Lux schools schools athletics when is that or is well, that only t- for, is that only a club my, daughter's, my daughter's had one on Friday arguably the hottest bloody day of well, the year was it sports day run oh, around sport- the field nine times in an hour or something yeah exactly see how much you go and the, and the temperature outside is 30, 30, 30 degrees Josh. They, got, they got all year to go to go and do little these runs or fun runs let's say and then they and then they choose the hottest day of the year to run X number, X number of laps around it's the hilarious. school Josh, Josh had to do one where they basically mark out a route and it's like, yeah, you have to do as many laps as you can in an hour. That's it. Yeah, we and I'm like, that. what idiot? Yeah, what idiot is coming up with this? Where they think you should get a child to run for an hour? Run like, for an hour. Yeah, what are you doing for they a warm-up? And each lap they get a they they put a bracelet. There's a teacher there with a with a bracelet. What about the drinks? But what about the what about the oranges? What about the bucket? I mean, crazy, no? On the and this is what's worse is the the down hottest day of the year. And what happens if you win it? Do you get put through? Is that like the is that like the prelims and you well, go through what, the big school? That's what I asked. I said, "Who? I said, who won the who won the race?" I got a. I sent a picture of uh, of of my youngster running. I said, oh, do, "Do you think she got first? And when she got home from school, did you get first? I got a. I've got a picture of you leading the pack. She said, "No, Dad. No one. No one gets first. It's just how many laps you can do and how long in an hour." Yeah, but well, if you thanks. do the most laps, then you win, don't you? Technically, but no, they're not. That's you know. You know. Who think? Who thinks up this stuff? Because that's in Sandbar, well, isn't well, it? Well, the other well, one's well, in Conto, well, well, so it's obviously the same person. Just, no, I don't think it's the same per- person. I think it's just well, yeah, could be, could be interesting to know. We get all the get all the prime. Used to be class. We used to do it at school. Even teaching, you know, county athletics or whatever it is. All the schools in the area, right? Yeah, we're all meeting up at someone like Josie Bartel or you know wherever's got a track. Go. Yeah, hundred meters is at this time. You need to run a heat. You get through to the exactly. final. Exactly, that's what that's what I'm thinking. You're there all day. You got your packed lunch. You go and meet with other people's schools and stuff, and you then. But you teach first of all. You teach the the, the, the kids 
to run a long distance. What's a long distance for, for kids? Probably 1,500 metres. Yeah, that's it, technically middle distance, but it's it? like 800 metres, 1,500 is middle distance, yeah. But we're talking for a six and seven-year-old. Oh, you're going to half it. 400, 600 metres, yeah. So, so yeah. exactly. So you, you, you try them out on, on that distance, but you teach them how to run. You teach them about, um, about pacing themselves. You do a few exercises and you build up towards something and you do it through in modules throughout the year. You don't do it on the hottest day of the year and then ask them to run for an hour. Um, around around concrete, half of them are wearing their you know and their, their, sand, sandals. their sandals, you know, like the leather, the Roman one. <laughs> they go slap, slap, slap. They probably on. made those Roman ones in history or something. <laughs> they probably probably did. Well, we're going to stay on track and feel because uh, Belgian shot putter Julian, uh, oh sorry, how, how do I exp- uh, say Julian Boakwo exactly, but. She run the 100 metres woman's hurdle to gain some points for her nation in the European Athletic Team Championships in Poland. That's happening right now. But she did so because the. Um, but she's actually a shot putter. So the um, 100 metre athlete pulled out. They needed. They needed some points. So they've got. Um, yeah, they've got Julian Bom. Oh, how do I don't even say that Bomquo to run the 100 metres hurdles. Some play, some feet, right? Hurdles, all, all are, points, mate, points hurdles at Olympic level are high as well, man. Yeah, but imagine for a show, uh, up there, mate. Something tells me that uh, that uh, someone doing shot put is, um, yeah. Oh no, they could be tall, couldn't they? We've got, um, we, we, we had that. With the, the, the all about like, the points, all yeah, about, about the points. points. But fair play for stepping up and uh, and and stepping into it. Bit of rugby. Obviously, Aussie coach uh, Eddie Jones has named Michael Hooper and James Slipper as the uh, co-captains. Uh, I'd imagine that's more a case of uh, Hooper's going to be wrapped in cotton wool for the World Cup. Do you not think? I think so. I think that's why. That's me. He said sixty-eight occasions. He's um, he's captain of Stru- uh, Wallabies. He's been some stalwart, fabulous, oh, fabulous nails, mate. Oh, 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 he's not the biggest bloke either, is he? But he's um, you know I rate him. Uh, I, I rate Hooper. There's rumblings highly. of him. Stopping and then pushing to try and get into the Aussie Seven squad for the Olympics. If he doesn't suffer from burnout, I mean, he's well. He did have a break, didn't he, at the end of last year? So it'd be interesting to see. We'll see uh, how he goes this year. But I, you know, like to be honest, I, I wish him all the best. But prop slipper, who is replacing him, who he's obviously led the led the side twelve times in his in his absence. I think it's a uh, a, a sensible thing to do. But it was Eddie Jones who said that he's taken inspiration from for co captains because they do that in the Australian the Aussie rules, don't they? They um they have captains and co captains where they can you know they say look after each other. So. Sits each other out and stuff like that. Um, yeah, bit a bit of rugger staying on that. The old Chiefs fell at the uh, the final hurdle per se. Lost to the Crusaders again. What was the final score there? Uh, um, again, again, again. I think uh, twenty five twenty. Again, Crusaders again, Crusaders. killed it late on, late yeah, on, wasn't it? That's right. They've they've just the the, the red and black uh, seventh straight championship. The red and black pests. Let's call them. Is it not uh, pests? They're not gonna. Do they miss the Safa teams being in there? Do you think? Oh, I think massively they missed the South African rugby teams, and I think we uh, we well, we desperately we were sad to see them go. But um, yeah, I think it's just such, such a big shame. I don't know personally. I don't like the, the I don't like New Zealand New Zealand's chances in this World Cup. I think we're really missing you're talking that. it down. I think they'll 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 come. Uh, think you think they'll, you'll, they'll, I think they'll come good, mate. You can't you can't write them off, you know. I, I don't know. I know you're a, you're a big. Big talker, but um, now you've got to feel sorry for the Chiefs. They were, you know, they were, they were top seeds, big home crowd, 
heap of experience. Actually, throughout the season, they were two and zero against them as against the um, Crusaders. Then again, you've got to give it to the Crusaders because you could argue that it was their C team playing. They had a lot of injuries this yeah. year. Um, Razor Robinson, but then they've got, if you've got the key guys in the key positions, you know, if you've got. Um, um, Wanga at, at ten. You still had Sam Whitelock in there, so it's one heck of a heck of a machine. We've talked about this before because the coach uh, Robertson's going to Scott Robertson's going to be the, the All Black coach at the at, after the Rugby World Cup. But you know, sometimes you want your who's the best coach, but you want the right coaches at the grassroots level, right? So if you've let's say you've got your what you would deem your better coaches at Super Rugby level or at provincial level, you're really bringing up that yeah. pool of talent, and then you could argue that um, you need the best manager to be the the, the coach of uh, of the national team. So I don't know. See, there's no it, doubt about Scott Robinson. He has delivered and delivered and delivered at the domestic how, level. At the, at the domestic level. I mean, do you remember um, Robbie Rue, Robbie Deans, who went to uh, the Wallabies? Well, he did you know? it at the Crusaders for he, a year, and he couldn't. He went for Toffee, could he? That's right. But then he's gone back to Japan, and he's he's good as gold out there. It just sort of shows you that the difference between having a club coaching a club team because you have them day in, day out. Um, so you can build that culture, you know, de- develop those those strategies, those systems, and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, with national teams, you've you you're picking your form players, your best players, you know, your favourite players, I guess, and then you've got to try and. Um, I just realised your t-shirt says salty on it. What's it? Um, salty crew. Salty crew. Salty Kennedy. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, quite quite interesting how it's a different sort of. Um, Different sort of uh, style, isn't it? I've heard, I've heard that about Fabien Galtier with France. Apparently, he's very intense, and it's tough to work. On, you know, when you work when you're in camp, it's it's tough. Like, but but it's a big probably a big change if you're a day and day yeah. at, too, at, at, at Toulon with him. Probably could, yeah. couldn't do it, but yeah. put him in that environment. Exactly. You know, you're going to be with him for six, seven weeks, and then you're going to get a break. Thankfully, you know, um, this is an interesting one. We talked about this about um, basically with uh, athletics moving forward. You know, with all the drug te- testing and cheating going on. Should they just do it where you can let people get geared up? You know. <laughs> well, we have talked. We, we've talked about it. You know, for a long, for a, you know, I think since the birth of our show, we've often often talked about. You know, what do you do? Do you you, you penalise them, or do you say no? You're uh, you can go and compete in your own games, but it has happened because um, an Olympic style competition for drug taking athletes is being launched by an Australian entrepreneur, Aaron D'Souza, who plans to stage the inaugural games of no drug testing in December next year with two high profile Australian athletes among those expressing interest. Isn't it like you are shooting yourself in the foot if you go and compete at these events? You d- it doesn't say that you don't. You cannot not take. You cannot not take. You cannot take drugs and still participate. Ah, okay. So I'm going to go. I'm not taking drugs. <laughs> Can you prove it? Yes. Come and test me, and you'll find I'm not taking anything. Very interesting. But then, yeah. But it takes years to find out if he's telling the tr- he or she's yeah. telling the truth or not. The Melbourne-based, uh, also Melbourne-born, London-based businessman uh, D'Souza is president of Enhanced Games, a coalition of athletes, doctors, and scientists. The competition is challenging the Olympic Games model, which he has said is broken, corrupt, and mafia-like. The IOC has effectively been a one-party state running the world of sport for 100 years. Is he wrong? Mate. Is he wrong? This sounds like he's just cut and pasted from Live Golf and PGA, doesn't it? Well, a, pr- a little, a little um, bit, but is he, is, is he, is he wrong? I, I, I don't... I, we don't know. Like, ultimately, what you, what you don't know about, you know, you know what the short-term benefits of taking drugs are. Of course you do, but what are the long-term benefits? Um, well, I don't think there's any, to be honest. 
No, uh, or the long-term, long, the long-term effects, the long-term effects. Do you know what I mean? That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Sorry, there. Uh, five sports categories: track, field, swimming, weightlifting, and gymnastics and combat sports will be the program of the enhanced games. Can you uh, to be held annually? Can you imagine? Uh, what do you call him, Ben Johnson? He'd be laughing, mate. Oh, he'd be loving it. If you're listening in, go on YouTube, type in Ben Johnson 100 metres and look at this bloke and tell Why? me tell me he's not on something like... It's unfortunately with the times, he's obviously just thought this bloke loves a bit of bench press and some lap right. pull-downs. But now, out of all those sports, what do you want to... Like, out of track and field, which obviously uh, ticks off a number of uh, d- different disciplines, swimming, weightlifting, gymnastics and combat sport, what would you want to see? 100 metres again, isn't it? 200, 400. How quick could you go? Ooh. But yeah, he's basically that. Basically, Mister D'Souza is trying to draw a line under it all and say, "Listen, if you have got people that want to take drugs, go for it." I think he is into. But, but, it is interesting about the IOC model because it's all run by dinosaurs, isn't it? So they do need to get with the times and stuff like that. Yeah, but but, but, take, but taking drugs isn't, isn't getting with the times, <laughs> is it? It's just as, as you say, it's just um, um, who's. And then the other thing is, is who's going to sponsor this? Who's going to sponsor it? I don't even think pharmaceutical companies, paracetamol won't even be. How does it? How does it work then for trade? GlaxoSmithKline sponsoring the <laughs> sponsoring the the enhanced games. Yeah. Maybe like a Viagra sponsorship. <laughs> I don't know something like that. But what? A, how, how does it work then? Because is it? It's not illegal to possess steroids, is it? Anabolic steroids, but it's illegal to supply. What's the grey area around it? How does it? That, I don't know. We had, that's come up in a, in a conversation in one of our um, previous episodes, didn't it, there? That it, I think it's exactly that because it's been used recreationally all over the UK in gyms. All over the UK, yep. just in the UK, nowhere else. You just want to tarnish the UK, but it, it, it is. The United uh, Kingdom. But um, it's more, uh, I guess it's more a case of, um, you know, you basically, oh, you know, are they trying to trap people by getting them involved in it? Oh, yeah, it's going to do these games. Get <laughs> Not the game. What games? The yeah. Enhanced the Games. The Enhanced Games. Like, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll get some stupid name. It'll get called the Gear Games or something like that. Um, but- I don't know. If I, I mean, Brett Fraser, who's a three-time Olympian, represented Cayman Islands in swimming, is the Enhanced well, Games his, Chief Elite Athletes Officer. What's his, when, when he says he represented the Cayman Islands in swimming, did he... What was his? I'm gonna. What's his name? Brett Fraser. Give me Brett a second. Fraser. I'm just gonna find out because if he went to the Olympics three times and competed in the qualifiers or something, and this is no disrespect. It's probably gonna be like a three-time gold medalist or something like that. Uh, Never heard of him. Was it Brett, Brett Fraser? Swim? Brett Fraser. So he is the Enhanced Games Chief Athletes Officer, and Christina Smith, who is a Winter Olympian, she won two bronze medals for Canada in the Bobsleigh World Cup, and she's a member of the Athletes um, Commission. So um, they, the D'Souza also goes on to say, athletes are adults, and they do have a right to do with their body what they wish. My body, my choice, your body, your choice, D'Souza said. And no government, no paternalistic sports federation should be making those decisions for athletes, particularly around products that are FDA regulated and approved. Okay, let's give this some context here. At the 2012 Summer Olympics, he was the flag bearer for the Cayman Islands at the opening ceremony. He competed in the 50, 100 and 200 metre freestyle events and he was a semi-finalist in the 100 metre and 2 metre freestyle, placing 14th and 12th overall. Was he on gear? Well, it's not been done for anything yet, but it's almost like 
And so what year, you know, what, you, year did you, what year did you say? 2012. Wow, come on, there's a there's a long time, that's over 10 years. It's yeah, exactly, a, um, so he's 33 now, so he was only, what was he, 31? What was he, 31? So they've, 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 they've had plenty of time. what am I on about? No, but the point I'm getting at is it, it's not like this bloke has been winning gold medals and stuff like that. In 2011, uh, he won the gold medal at the men's 200 metre freestyle in the Pan Pan American Games. And it's like, it's not, but it, 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 it's not like he's one of the top dogs. So of course he's going to support it, you know, if he can extend that swimming career. Do you know what I mean? But who's the other one? Christina Smith, a Winter Olympian who won two, moles, two gold medals for Canada in the bobsleigh team. I mean, yeah, interesting, very interesting. We'll see if it actually gathers momentum. Yeah. But it's funny, when we talked about the live golf stuff before, we were like, ah, oh, we didn't think it would take off. And now look, look where it is, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, one thinks it's going to be in a in a very good place with the mix with the, with the, with the PGA, I think. Well, with, with now that the live and PGA come together one year on. I think it's, I, I think, read into it a little bit more and it's sort of, un, it's not unravelling, it's not a case of a, a real collaboration. I think it's more a case of getting a seat at the table but yeah have a have a, have a listen yep. listen to Aaron Aaron chat about it a couple, uh, last week about it very, anyway, very interesting Mr Perez hey, great you started on. the moustache for November already good to see <laughs> boss looking sharp huh? looking sharp uh, what, I hope you've got some uh, transfer drama some news wow. for us what some, have got? we've got some drama I think you've already heard about it but let's take a look closer look up to it and I've talked about it last week, and one day later it has been made official. Last Monday, Vincent Till and Jelsa Rodriguez have been left out of the squad because of the following reasons. It's like... Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to go out on a limb here. I haven't heard. I reckon they've stayed out on the lash too late after the game. Get ready for some Muppet show. <laughs> We've got Jelsa Rodriguez who missed uh, three trainings in total in two, in two weeks and was kicked out from, by the national team from the trainer Luke Holtz, although the 27-year-old striker showed good performances against Liechtenstein but you know some stories about Justin Rodriguez also always disciplinary how, how, issues how can you miss training? you just don't go like it, like he wasn't at the trainings it, maybe it's not, he, maybe it's he not, ran it, out of petrol and went it, in, his, it, in his Ferrari or something it's, it's not like oh I miss training oh shit no he, he just didn't went he didn't go sorry like it's not the first time, but, but I think. How, I mean, hold on a minute. It's like it's like you not coming into the studio tonight. You're letting your team. You're letting your team down. Yeah, sure. You, you, it, I mean, you it's you also cannot, you'd be even if you were ill as hell, you'd be like, "Mate, I am in a bad, bad way." You go and sit at the other in the corner of the stadium, and you just show that you cannot get off your get, get off surely, your bus. Yeah, surely yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely there's a protocol. Oh, I'm really ill. Right? Yeah, go and see the doc. Oh, I'm injured. Yeah, go see the physio. Get it all. Yeah, it's like you know, getting, there's a process. It's, it's like at school brings an, a certificate from the doctors. Yeah. You know, never did that by the way. Never, <laughs> missed, I never missed PE. Never missed PE. Yeah. Maths on the other hand. Yeah, but it's yeah. like I, I don't know if you if you had heard about Thibaut Courtois from Belgium. There was some story. He wanted to be captain before the game. Then the trainer said no. We already gave the the captain band to Romelu Lukaku, and the the goalkeeper from Belgium Courtois. Like how he said, he was annoyed about it. Yeah. So after the game, he just left the team. He went home without saying anything. <laughs> and that's that's same for Vincent Till. He hasn't been left out uh, from Lucas. He just he just left. Uh, uh, apparently at halftime against Liechtenstein, he just left. Uh, he just left the stadium without any explanation, and didn't come back. He just went home. And to train us, it's obviously disappointed of both players and their attitude. 
And he, the trainer gave a lot of opportunities to them. If you hear all the stories about Justin Rodriguez, his disciplinary issues, a club level, national team level, because it's not the first time he had some problems. Well, it's funny him. you talk about it because we had a conversation at the start of the show about Luis Suarez and all the stuff that, you had, yeah, yeah. that happened there and stuff. But yeah, go on, Anthony, sorry. Uh, you know, when you see Justin Rodriguez getting selected, although he, you know, he hasn't played since March at club level and Vastantil already got a chance to play when he was 16 and then was... A lot of times first choice, although he had bad performances at club level or even after injuries. And he says, like, this is the thanks for it, you know. And the, the, these are the two uh, players after Oliver Till who have been left out. Are they, are they done and dusted? Is that them done and dusted? In my, in my opinion, we won't see them. Just Rodriguez for sure you won't see him. I think it's enough yeah, for the he so it's, It is a shame because he did play well. I mean, yeah, he, he did play a, well. He got a fabulous, he got a fabulous guy. He one of the games that he did against play Against Lichtenstein, well. but yeah, anyway. Sure, but still he got a great goal. And, but and did we need him against Bosnia? That's what we're seeing now sure. because we didn't need any of them for this game. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what a performance they showed against Bosnia. Luxembourg, no, not. A, I saw the game. I, s I never saw such a good team from Luxembourg like this game because there was no trouble to see during the whole game if it's defensive attacking level Anthony Morris in goal like keeping the clean sheet even when it was 2-0 I saw like it was 93rd minute Bosnia had an action it was like the last kick of the game but you see all the passion he, he made into that save just to keep the clean sheet to make the game perfect And yeah, they took an early lead thanks to a defensive mistake. And Ivandro Borges took the gift and made it 1-0 and scored his second goal for the national team. In the second half, Bosnia got a penalty in the 56th minute. But Hadjamitovic set the ball over the bar and Dana Zinani made it 2-0 20 minutes later. Because of another individual mistake from the home team, The keeper left his cage to get the ball, but Zinani stayed ice cold and scored from distance. And in the end, it was the perfect game for the Luxembourgish national team, who after four games are on the third place with seven points, three behind the second Slovakia and five before the first from Portugal. When yeah, I guess the big one, for all, well, 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 bit, well, the big well one's Slovakia, coach. isn't it? When do they have? When when's the Slovakia? Game? Uh, we already played against them, and the game ended nil nil. And I haven't checked. Now. Is that in Luxembourg or is that in Slovakia? It's in Luxembourg. It's oh, okay. Luxembourg. Yeah. Uh, sorry, but the, the, they've played once against Slovakia. It's nil nil in Luxembourg. The in, next, in Slovakia. In Slovakia. Slovakia. Ah, so, so, they have so the to next come to match yes, yes, is, is in Slovakia. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Do you reckon we'll get a full full stadium for that? We will, we will. Uh, you, have, have, you seen, have, have you seen how many how many people went for the game against Liechtenstein? That's actually crazy. Okay, they said it was sold out, which wasn't. But you see how many people were were there actually? It was kind of it's, crazy for a game like you, this. There's building, a question for you. It? Do it's you building. do you prefer like an afternoon kickoff, three o'clock, or do you prefer the evening kickoff under the lights? Ah. Uh, If I work uh, the day after, I prefer on of the afternoon. <laughs> Else, I prefer the after, uh, I prefer the evenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more like it's more football atmosphere. Yeah, If you yeah, see yeah. games at night, for example, it's more like you you feel it more somehow. Yeah. Just um, I mean, bouncing back. So that the the two till boys are they brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sebastian, But, Vincent, and there's another two. Se Sebastian, brothers. Olivier, and Vincent Till. They are the three the three brothers who played for who played for who played actually for national team because. As I said, I don't see Vess until coming back, until a new trainer comes, but I don't see him playing anymore under the calls. Same for Chas Rodriguez. You, How could you leave? It's so petulant, isn't it? Like, you get... I've just never understood it. Like, I've had plenty of times where you've just been told you're playing shite and... You get pulled off. You get pulled off yeah. and it's like, yeah, you know, you can't... It's not... 
it's not the coach's fault that you play, you know, you were rubbish. You you've, you've mentioned it before, and I think it was in a show two weeks ago, there's that policy in the All Blacks where that they... I mean, whether it still stands or not, I no don't know. No Richard Headleys. No, no Richard Headleys. No, no dickheads in the in the changing room at all. You know, you'd clean the changing rooms afterwards. Mm-hmm. You're, one, you're one team. You're leaving that you leave. You know, you, you've got a name behind you. Mm-hmm. It's a brand behind you. We're paying you. I mean, gee whiz, we've got a couple of Richard Headleys and and uh, Richard Headleys rather. Yeah. And, I'm, so, I'm sorry to that, That's just a muppet show. This whole story, you know. Yeah, but, Luke Holt seems to be handling it well. He's yeah, got yeah, the yeah. Result. He's got the because, result. So. Be, because when I talk with people, a lot of people praised him for like keeping the team together after a story like this because it can bring a lot of, you know, how we say it, a lot of trouble in the team and then they, they lack concentration. But he did he really did well with his with the team because it's not easy for every trainer to keep the team together after stories like this. And the same with national team. That's a little info I read uh, on the internet. On national day, Leandro Barrero got rewarded by the Grand Duke I don't have the, the English term, so I'm going to say it in French. With the couronne de chêne, it's like, you know, an order, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For his uh, engagement and his role model for young footballers. And as you see, you don't always need to show that you're the best. Just be it. Yeah. That's enough. You don't always need Do to... Do your sh- talking on the pitch sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I won't mention any player for this. Then let's move to the qualifiers. Qualifiers? Qualifiers? Yeah. Qualifiers. Uh, for our Luxembourgish teams, Hesperange, Niederkorn, Dudelange and Diffedange. So, the trip in the, in the first round of the Champions League qualifiers for Hesperange goes to Slovakia, to the Slovenia, to SK Sloven Bratislava. Bratislava. The, the 21 times champion of Slovakia will be a tough opponent for Hasbronch who made some interesting transfers as I mentioned last week they got the trainer from Dillange and then Zinani Skendirovic Moren from them as well then if, then but they sold now Ryan Philip actually to Eintracht Braunschweig we talked about that well, so what league did they play in? second league Germany yeah for uh, I thought myself he would play like in the first division like Netherlands or Belgium but it's kind of surprising they place in the second tier league. I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Maybe it's decent money and maybe they're pushing to, I don't know how they finished last year, maybe they really want to try and go up this year or something. Yeah, but, that could be. I, I mean, I think it's a good step for him because some players who, made a good, who make good performances in the Bejel League moved to, to a, a club which was too big and then just kind of fell off. Fell off the radar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we've got Nidakorn in the Conference League who are playing against the club from Kosovo, SC Gilani. Then Dudelange are going to Ireland against St. Patrick's Athletic. In Dublin, yeah. In, at Dublin. Good shots, good shots, Scott. Day, day trip, is it? it? Could Should, be day trip. <laughs> Should we contact Lux here? Yeah, let's do it. See if it's spot. Are you listening in, lads? Yeah. <laughs> and here are the openers. If Dudelange win the game, they're going to play... They will play against Jira United from Malta or Glentoran FC from Northern Ireland, but it's only if they beat St. Patrick's. And if Nidakon beats SC Gilani, they're going to face Midigiland from Denmark, which is a very good side. Then we've got Diffedange, who will we'll start at the second round of the Conference League qualifiers because they won the Coupe de Luxembourg. And they're going to face either Maribor or Birkirik. Birkirikara FC from London Island. No, no, it's not London Island. I don't know. Uh, but say, 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 what is it again? Bir, Birkiri, Birkirikara. Birkirikara. Let me, see, let me read it. Let me read it. Listen, if Anthony can't read it, what? what, what I, I, I'm what, sorry for the audience. I, I haven't trained the name before the show. I apologize for this. 
<laughs> Go on, Scott. Do your best, mate. Bicky Cara. I don't know. Either. Don't think they're from Ireland, buddy. They're from Ireland? No, no it's not. Right. Right. I think you're making that up. Yeah, I, I think oh, I, I, I've just pressed something by mistake there. Sorry. Uh, I've ruined it. So all all, no all his yeah, notes are gone. But Maribor will be a very tough opponent, so I, I, I hope they face the other team, which I can't pronounce. So I did see that Hesperange's home leg will be played at the Stade de Luxembourg. Exactly. Really? Because because the start of France ties is not um, conformed for the from, from the UEFA, it's like too small. Well, for Champions League qualifiers, Champions League. Uh, is that it? Okay, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, Arsenal, the, the, the conference crap league Shame. wasn't. Was well, I think it's nineteenth of July, isn't well. it? Wednesday, no, Wednesday, twentieth of July is the home leg for uh, Dude Lounge. So Nathan, we, we a, uh, will be down there, and we need to update our calendar to make sure we're going to be yeah. in the right places because I hope to be on a Laxia flight to go and watch. Um, then to Esperance versus the Paddies. <laughs> <laughs> no, not no, it's Dude Launch. Dude Launch versus the Paddies. That's, that's another brilliant one as well. Um, Mike Bassett, have you seen that? Yes, I'll show you that one. Yes. The England B team, that one. Yeah, that one. That's absolutely oh. brilliant. Um, For the end, just some few threads. There haven't been a lot of interest, haven't been some interesting. But we've got, like, as I said, Ryan Philly moving to Braunschweig. Then we've Braunschweig. got Braunschweig. Yeah. Then Vova Cruz moving from Dulos to Strassen. Very good transfer. Bundesliga five. Then we've got the man with the longest name, Eugel Zitze van Lingen. Very good striker from Rosberg who came last Eugel winter. Zitzke van, say? Eugel Zitze van Lingen. Eugel Zitze van Lingen. Moving Borussia to Dulos. Munchen Gladbach. Like that, isn't it? <laughs> And for the finish, we've got one last transfer, and I'm gonna choose Alessandro Scanzano, who was uh, transferred last year from Monaf to Diffedange to like play for a bigger team. Only played four games. He's now moving to FC Lorenzweiler. Ooh, thank very you interesting. very much, Anthony Perez from Les Force News. He's got it all. Well, Anthony, hopefully we'll be able to tee you up for a few of these European qualifiers, and you don't tie us off like at the Lux uh, Cup final. There, you know, <laughs> is what it is. Um, as always, you can check out the rest of the team tomorrow from uh, six a.m. You've got Sam Steen, and then you've got Stephen Steps Low with his lunchbox um, at twelve o'clock, and then you've got the home stretch Melissa Dalton from four till seven. Don't forget Dave Burrows and DB Three sessions, and also the Hangover Show from 10 to 12 on Sunday mornings. Wednesday should be fantastic because we've got a guy called Jeff Bauer who is a luge. And, so, Matthew, and Matthew Walsh as well or Yeah, not? I believe so. So we've got a couple of Winter Olympic athletes going to uh, come in and tell us we know what the hell they do in their spare time and there's no snow. How can you get into... It's interesting, isn't it, getting into skiing when you live in Luxembourg because there aren't any mountains, like, there aren't any hills in Luxembourg, you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, but a lot of people got, a lot of people travel, wasn't it? Six-hour drive to get to them. They, they, yeah, a lot of them travel. But we're looking forward to Wednesday night's show. Until, uh, in, until Wednesday, it's... Cha-cha. Cha-cha.